Welcome back to Dedicated to Growth. Today, I am here with a very special guest. Um, Not only is she a good friend of mine, but someone who has actually just started own podcast, which is so exciting. Um, so today I'm here with Jen Butters. Um, Jen is a absolute started her own podcast called Butter Days Ahead, where she talks about real shit going on in our lives. So I figured today we're going to do a little less of a focus episode of a real shit episode where we talk about dating in your 20s, have a little girl talk, talk about social media, yeah, talk about body image, and all that good stuff. So, Jen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. you. I don't know. <laughs> you are good to okay, go. Your cool. audio yeah, I just, your, like, your well, audio sounds I've perfect. I've never done this, like, you know, joint podcast thing with my podcast microphone. So I'm here. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be doing real shit. That's what we love. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so excited to have you on. I think it's going to be such a great episode. And um, I know you talk a lot about just, like, knowing yourself and going through hard shit in your lives and dating and being in your 20s. And I figured that was such a great way to kind of either tie into like what we do with social media and kind of building friendships and relationships, um, which I think is relatable to so many people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Honestly, I just recorded a podcast yesterday with like my first like first date tips. And like, I feel like recently I have actually become super intentional about like how to date. I realized that like, you know, you can learn to be good at anything. So something that I recently was like, have been focusing on is actually becoming like good at dating. And I actually think it's so interesting, like how many things I had to actually learn and improve upon. And I think that there are so many things that people can actually like learn to be good at, especially when it comes to dating and like getting to know people and like searching for what you want. And I think that, you know, learning how to be good at it is what would allow people to have a lot more fulfilling relationships. So hopefully we can help people do that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And you just recorded an episode on that, correct? Yeah, I mean, I can share the tips here. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you just, I know you just recorded it, but maybe you can share kind of like your top, like top three tips of like learning how to date better or date more efficiently. Yeah, so... I think one of the things that a lot of people are kind of messing up on, especially if they're like online dating, is not being really intentional with your dating profile. Um, it's actually something that, you know, it's, it's your dating profile is kind of like almost like your resume when you're dating, but it's also kind of like a list of conversation starters. And I think that a lot of people who are serious about finding a partner, whether they're trying in person or they're trying online, like if you have a dating profile, like use it efficiently. Um, so I would definitely recommend using your prompts on your dating profile as like really good conversation starters. Like I can't tell you enough, like how many people I've scrolled through who have like the same answers that don't actually like have conversation starters. Like I was actually fixing one of my guy friends hinges profiles yesterday for him. And like one of the prompts was like something 
that's like surprising about me that nobody knows. And his response was, ask me. And I was literally like, dude, no one wants to ask me. Like, this is like, like this is a section to put something that actually surprises people about you that will intrigue them. So I actually want to start a conversation with you. Um, so on your dating profile, I would say like, make it really authentic to you and like be intentional about like things that will help start conversations. So you actually have good conversations, which kind of lead me into my next point. Like be a really good conversationalist. Um, I can't recommend enough, like spending time actually learning how to become a good conversationalist. Um, if I had to recommend a book to people, I would really recommend Better Small Talk with by Patrick King. And I think like the big tips from there, like be a really good listener and also be really good at asking questions. That's like honestly what makes the difference when it comes to having good conversations and really getting to know people. And like, I know for me and for a lot of people now, especially those with ADHD, which it feels like everyone has. <laughs> which most of us have. <laughs> yeah, we all have ADHD. It's almost like we're just listening to respond. You know, you're listening to whatever this person is saying, like already thinking about what you're going to say next. And like, to be honest, that's not really how you're supposed to be talking to people. You're supposed to be sitting there just listening to them and like ask them more about what they're talking about. I think too quickly, so many of us are so quick to be like, oh, that, that story reminds me of this story. It's like, no, like ask that person more about their story. They're clearly wanting to share, like show that you're interested in what they have to say and have good questions, you know, like come in with good questions. Like there's a couple of questions that I always come into dates, you know, thinking like some of my favorites are like, what's something you tried really hard to like, but couldn't, or, you know, who's someone who's important in your life or, what were you like growing up or what's your favorite compliment you've ever received? Like have questions coming in so that no matter what the, the conversation will be good, even if you don't really like love the person on. And the last one that I would say is like, go into dates with the intention to get to know them. I think mm -hmm. too many of us go into dates. Like I want to impress this person. I want them to like me. And like, yeah. that's not really the mindset you're, you're supposed to have. Like you don't really, you shouldn't really be going into the date with the intention to like, to share all about you. Like you should be going into the date with the intention to get to know them. And I think when you have that mindset shift of like, I'm on this date to get to know this person, you're going to be much more interested in what they have to say. You're going to ask them a lot more questions. And it also takes a lot of pressure off of you because you're not just stressing yourself out trying to impress them. And more often than not, when you have this shift of like, I just want to get to know this person, you're asking better questions. You're having better conversation. People love to feel like you're listening to them. So you're actually getting to know them, you're listening to them, they're going to like you more because of it. And after that date, you're probably going to have so much more information about them because you were intentional about getting information about them that you can actually decide if you like them or not. Like some of my friends will like come home from a first date and they'll be like, oh yeah, like I told him about this, 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 and this. And I'm like, well, what's he like? And they're like, I don't know, but like, I can't wait to see him again. I'm like, but you don't even know him. You don't even know anything about him. You didn't try to learn anything <laughs> about him. Um, so yeah, my big tips, like, Use your dating profile efficiently to like actually start conversations and make an accurate depiction of who you are and what you value. Um, go in with questions, really listen, you know, focus on getting to know them and don't try and impress them. Just be yourself and go in with that date with the intention to really figure out if this is someone you want to continue seeing rather than just trying to win them over because they're there to win you over, you know? <laughs> I, I love that so much. I think that's all what is that four points all four of those points or five of those points are things that I think a lot of people can take take something away from because who hasn't tried an online dating app even if you're not actively using one we've all tried them you know um, and what in your opinion do you think 
or I guess which ones are the most I like relationship and date focused apps? Because I know, again, there's a lot of hookup culture, especially when you're dating in your 20s. And I think it can be really hard to kind of distinguish between really getting to know someone and seeing what someone's intentions truly are. So I guess which apps are the ones that you would recommend? Because I know you've tried a couple different ones. And how do you kind of gauge whether a person's actually interested in really getting to know you for you? Yeah, so um, honestly, I haven't been on Tinder since I was probably like in college. And back then, I think Tinder was like super hookup culture. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that it's a little bit different now, but I haven't really used it. So I can't speak on Tinder. The only apps that I have actively used in the past like year or so is Bumble and Hinge. Um, I think like Bumble, obviously, like it allows girls to start the conversation, which is Honestly, just not my favorite, so I just don't really care to use that feature as much. Um, I really like Hinge because, like, it's kind of mutual. I like that it kind of requires you to respond to something on someone's profile. So instead of just liking someone, you have to like a photo or a prompt of theirs. So that can kind of help with conversation starters. So I feel like that's just a really good, like, feature that they have because you're not just being like, oh, you're hot. It's like, oh, I like what you said or, oh, I like this photo. Mm -hmm. um, I also think Hinge is better because it requires you to have, like, photos of yourself and it requires you to answer through prompts so yep. it's like you know if you are really lazy with your tinder you just have one photo of yourself and you don't have any description it's like clearly this person is just here to say like i'm hot and i want to find someone who's hot yeah. um on hinge if someone doesn't take it seriously like at least they have six photos and their three prompts have no effort and you're like okay this person's not taking it seriously <laughs> yeah. so i would say you can like, gauge it pretty quickly on hinge for sure yeah, so I think Hinge is better just because it gives you a lot to kind of figure out about the person. But, you know, like there's always going to be people who are on there just to hook up. And like, honestly, on Hinge now, there's a feature where you can say what you are looking for. So it has Ooh. the option to say like you're looking for a long-term relationship or you're looking for something casual. So I like that. It, they kind of have you disclose that. Um, you can also say that you don't know what you're looking for um, or that you're like open to short, open to long, whatever. But I think that you can, you get the most information on Hinge and like, how much effort that person puts into their dating profile is a pretty good indicator of how much effort they're willing to put into their relationship with you. So, you know, if you see someone has really thought provoking prompts, then you're like, okay, this person's probably pretty deep and looking for something a little bit more than just someone to sleep with. But, you know, if there's this one guy who my roommate showed me his profile and like every single prompt of his had to do with watching TV. So it's like, damn, I wonder if this guy just wants to watch TV with you. Um, so I think you can kind of gauge it. Or there was this one guy who like every single prompt on his was about his jacuzzi. And it's like, okay, dude, you just really want to get girls in your jacuzzi. And like, that's cool. But it definitely shows you their intentions a little bit if you kind of look at what they're actually saying. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think you have a great point there. I think a lot of the times people will try to be like funny or clever, but it might not come off as as genuine as well, especially on dating apps. Um, so you never really know. And that's why I so I was only on dating apps for a very short amount of time, probably in like 2019, maybe or 20. Yeah, either 2018 or 2019. So I think they were very different then. Um, but I just remember uh like everyone was like had just like joking little prompts and they wouldn't really actually tell you that much about themselves so what is your do you kind of get deeper in the conversation in the app or do you ask to FaceTime or do you hop on a call or kind of what's your like qualifying process to actually go on a date yeah so honestly there's this thing on hinge now that I think they started like two or three months ago where you can put a poll and Ooh. my poll says let's talk about one of these things 
And I chose three topics that I'm really interested in. So I think mine's like the Myers-Briggs, which is like the personality test, um, therapy, and passive income streams. Um, so that kind of gives me a lot of insight into if, in, if someone's into like learning about themselves or if they're into like financial goals. And those are things that I really value. Um, and it's really cool to see the conversations that people start because of those things. Um, or like one of my prompts is like, I'm really attracted to men who have high emotional intelligence and like techno, because that's like my kind of like, that's my bread and butter is like emotional intelligence and going to techno shows. So it's really fun that you can kind of put prompts that like lead to good conversations. Yeah. If someone is like not really engaging in those types of conversations with me, I'm immediately like, oh, like they just don't want to have these types of conversations. And that's a red flag. Um, if I'm like, that's not who I want to date anyways. Yeah, like not really. Or like sometimes I'll be intentional about the conversations I start with them. Like if they have a travel photo, I'll ask them like what their favorite memory is from there or something. So I, and I'm really intentional about having good conversations with people and seeing if they put effort in the, into the conversation. You know, if they're writing me like a whole paragraph, you know, showing that they care about something or something was meaningful, then it's like, okay, cool. They're actually interested and they're putting a lot of effort forth. Like this is someone who I'd be interested in meeting in real life. Um, so I really judge like the quality of the conversation. Um, I also am someone who doesn't want to text a lot. Like if we have a good conversation, I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, are you available in the next two or three days? Let's meet up. I don't want to text you for a week. I don't need a pen pal. Um, let's go grab some sushi or something. Um, I have done like video chat dates, like FaceTime dates prior with some people. Um, that has honestly been super helpful to video chat someone for like 20 minutes and just kind of get the gist because you can definitely tell a lot about someone with like pretty quickly. So if you are someone who like is really short on time, you don't really like to go and meet people in public. I would definitely recommend maybe doing like a, you know, 20 minute FaceTime date to kind of weed them out and figure out if you actually do want to see them in person. Um, I will say like one of the best video chat dates I ever had was like one of my worst first dates. So <laughs> it's not always a good indicator. But, you know, you, there are some clear things that you'll probably be able to weed out on a FaceTime. If you... Wait, now we got to hear the story of your worst first date. Oh, he was, like, super cool when we FaceTimed. Like, he was super into therapy and, like, he was into weightlifting and he was, you know, like, in the medical field and, like, super smart. And I was just super into it. And um, he was, like, super my type as well. So I was really excited to meet him. And then when we met up, it was this like weird thing. And I guess like his car was in the shop. So he was like, just in a really bad mood all day because like his car was having issues. And like, he kept trying to like switch up our date plans. And I live in Los Angeles where like, sometimes you drive like a really far amount of time to get to someone. So I'm like, dude, I just drove like all the way to downtown LA. Like, where are you? He's like, I'm stuck at the car shop. I'm this and that. And like, he, I was just like, dude, like, what's going on and I don't know I guess I I guess we were both just kind of really irritated going into the date and um I think that the impression I got on our FaceTime date was that he was like super deep into his like self-discovery journey and then on the actual date I realized he was like very much um just beginning it and a lot of the things that I was saying was kind of blowing his mind and I was like dude I'm like 10 years younger than you and like I feel that I don't feel that way um and I thought it was pretty mutual that we didn't really want to see each other like I pretty much expressed that I was irritated with the way he was handling things since he was like trying to on a first date yeah I oh was just God, like, that's savage 
Well, I was just kind of like, listen, dude, I just drove 30 minutes to come, you know, meet up with you. You keep trying to switch up plans. Like, I understand your car is, you know, having issues. But like, you know, I just drove here. Let's just meet up and get food. And he thought that that was like rude. And I was just like, I feel like I'm just setting my boundaries and like asking us to have a good time. Um, so, yeah, we never ended up hanging out again. And that was really it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not a horrible first day. I feel like I've heard some pretty like bad horror stories I actually have um one funny one which was kind of like the beginning of the end to my trying to do online dating um (laughs) so this was I had just gotten out of a five-year relationship and this was 19 maybe the very beginning and I downloaded I think it was Bumble and I think I swiped right on one person we matched and I was like okay I found my one person (laughs) I'm done and um, we had like a tiny conversation. I think I asked to FaceTime like right away. Cause I was like, I just want to make sure like I'm not getting catfished and like, there's nothing weird going on. So I, I remember I was actually with me and Jen's mutual friend Kendall at the time. And we were, she was like listening in on the FaceTime conversation and we got in this conversation and immediately he was like, he was like love bombing me, like complimenting me, like telling me all these things. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And then he started talking about his family and asking me about my family. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, And then he was like, I can't wait to introduce you to my family. And I was like, ooh, too much, like too much (laughs) too soon. I was like, way too much too soon. So after that, I kind of, again, we are, this was way back when, maybe it was 2018. And I, was not as um, emotionally intelligent and articulate as I am now. So I think I just didn't reply to him after that, which definitely don't recommend doing because ghosting is mean. Um, But we like talked on Bumble for maybe a day and FaceTimed. It wasn't a big deal. The next week I was working out at EOS and this guy found me on Instagram, went to my gym, came up to me in the gym and literally asked me out on a date in person. And it was the most uncomfortable situation I've ever been in. And then I haven't used a dating app since. Dude, he just found you at EOS. Yeah, I think, well, because I was at the time, like, posting all my workouts and where I go. And yeah, I yeah. And he, like, found me at EOS and came up to me in the gym. And it was such a funny situation. But I was a little creeped out as well. How do you do you feel like you've experienced a lot of love bombing? Because I feel like love bombing has become pretty common and pretty like normalized. What do you think about that? Um, yes and no. I think again, I've I'm very limited with online dating, but I do think with social media actually I've never met a guy through social media. I've met everybody that I've dated or seen in person, um, which I think is pretty pretty rare nowadays I think I just I'm also like I really put myself out there and I'm very very open and friendly in person and I like definitely don't have a resting bitch face so I think that helps um but I do think in certain like I would call them like kind of situationships that I've had I definitely experienced more love bombing and then in I mean you know a little bit about my past relationship but I feel like we were in a pretty like on again off again relationship and then when we were off there would be a lot of love bombing in terms of like trying to make things right or trying to like win me back or whatever it might be. And so those are kind of the only experiences I've received a lot of love bombing in. Um, There was one guy that I dated for like two months back in, when was this? What was this? 2020, I think that you know who it is who I dated for like two months. Um, 
he definitely like love bombed me so much when we started seeing each other because it actually started out as and like now that I look back on the situation I can see what it was and again you kind of have to be so emotionally out of those situations or like past a breakup to be able to like really see everything and I feel like I've definitely gotten to that point in my life where I'm so past everyone I've dated that I can like really see what the red flags were and like where maybe I went wrong in certain ways but um with that person that I dated in 2020 uh when we when we met each other we were actually good friends so we started to get to know each other as friends um but I noticed he would always he would always compliment me always like even when we were just friends like so many compliments like more than I was used to and to be honest, I think I was at a point in my life where I had, I was in a really, when we met, we were just friends and I was in a really bad situation with my relationship and I ended up leaving my relationship. And then a little bit later I started seeing this person, but I think that like the love bombing and the compliments and the affection and the attention was the reason that I like dove into that so quickly. And the love bombing stops, right? The love bombing is usually there for a purpose from that point. So eventually it stops. But yes, I do think it's really common because I think, I mean, social media gives us so, so much instant gratification, right? Everyone uses social media, even if you're not an influencer, even if you don't work online, we all use it. And I think that love bombing is really similar to that feeling you get when you get like attention and like likes and validation, you know? Um, And it does feel good until you realize how toxic and manipulative it is. But I do think it's really common. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, I think that when someone is love bombing you, especially if you're someone who has never felt really appreciated correctly, love bombing is so fun in terms of like, you know, you're getting a lot of compliments, you might be getting a lot of gifts, you know, someone's really, you know, going out above and beyond to spend time with you and they're really trying to learn aspects of your life and they're doing everything they can to create a bond with you and it's like so intoxicating but then when you like think about it and the relationship's moving too fast you know you have this like legit false sense of intimacy because you know mm-hmm. you this person for two weeks and it feels like you've had this connection you've been more appreciated than you have with partners you've dated for years and it's completely like false and it's manipulative and it's someone's way to really try and create a bond with you that's not really authentic you know um i really think that a lot of people get too excited in the beginning of a relationship and then it's like you're not even really excited about the person you know you're excited about the bond the way it feels Um, who you think this person is and I think it's a really good reminder to everyone to just remember like if you've been on one date with someone or even three dates with someone it's like you don't really know someone all you know about them is like their dating profile and the conversations that they're the most comfortable having and have repeated on every other first date probably you know like (laughs) these are their talking points that they have practiced the most times that they have you know that they're proud of and you know your first impression of someone should usually be the best impression you know this is someone on their best behavior they they dress a certain way to feel the most confident and it's like if you see any red flags or anything that's out of the ordinary on a first date like usually it doesn't get much better than that i'm not saying <laughs> all first impressions are accurate but like that usually is someone on their best behavior presenting them their best self so you can't just like fall head over heels 
in love with someone after like one date, it's like all you know about them is like what they wanted to put out on their dating profile and what they wanted to say on like a two or three hour conversation. And I think when you you kind of take a step back from, you know, how good it might feel to be around them and you're like, what do I know about this person? Do I feel like I'm compatible with this person? Do our values align? Do our lifestyles align? It's a lot easier for you to feel, for you to really figure out, like, is this person truly good for me? And I think that's something that a lot of us have kind of forgotten how to do is how to actually just listen and get to know someone and like someone for who they are, not for the idea of who they are or not for how they make you feel. Because you yeah. can feel good around, you should feel good about around a lot of people. You know, you should feel great about around all your friends. That doesn't mean that they're someone you're going to marry. <laughs> um, and I think that when you can kind of slow your role and really focus on like, what has this person taught me about themselves? What do I know about them? It becomes a lot easier for you to, you know, have your wits about you and not get kind of thrown into these situations where you ignore the red flags. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that kind of ties into that as well is setting like realistic expectations. <laughs> so setting realistic expectations going into a date, I think we do tend to really get ahead. I mean, I used to be this way for sure. When I started dating, again, I was in Jen, I was in a five-year relationship from 15 to, I think, 20, 15 to like the end, almost 20 or 15 to 19, something like that. I was in a five-year relationship. So dating after a five-year relationship, every single person I dated was going to be my husband after one date. I swear to God. Like (laughs) every person I went on a date with when I was 20 years old, I was like, we could fall in love. It could happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get a little older and Well, I'll ask you a question. What is your kind of definition of dating now? Because I think my definition of dating has changed so fucking much in the last like couple years. My my definition of dating is going on dates. Yes. Okay. Same. That is my definition as well. Getting to know people. And when I say people, I don't mean just generally one person like in in my eyes until you have a conversation with someone that you're seeing that you've been seeing for quite some time that you are completely invested in you are open to get to know people and meet people and get into these new situations which will open your eyes and show you more of what you want I think that's a huge part of what dating should be Yeah. And, you know, like I said, like, I think it genuinely takes a really long time to get to know someone to their core. And fun fact, uh, most sociopaths and psychopaths can hide those tendencies for up to six months. So I'm not saying you have to wait six months before you decide you're committed to someone. But I am saying that it might take you a little bit longer (laughs) than just like a date or two to really figure out if you get to know someone. And I think like really taking the time to get to know people and, you know, not be super fully invested in gung-ho in one person is just honestly like healthy like until you get to know someone and have decided that they're truly for you like you shouldn't be closed off um and I also think that that kind of helps prevent like a scarcity mindset which you know like was something I struggled with earlier this year with someone like I was so excited about someone it was someone who I was getting to know for so long but we weren't in a committed relationship and like I had such a scarcity mindset. I was like, this person has so many interests as me. I have so much fun with this person. You know, they align with me. They this, they that. Like, they're so special. And it developed, it made me develop this, like, really intense scarcity mindset where I was, like, so hyper fixated on one person that I was almost having, like, anxiety. And, like, it was just not healthy. Like, 
you should like just remember like there's so much abundance out there there's so many wonderful people out there and like just because you go on one bad day or you know 10 bad days it doesn't mean that everyone's bad um but you i really i don't want to say you shouldn't just hyper focus on one person but like you shouldn't be closing yourself off to getting to know people until you find someone who you have both mutually decided you want to be together and you've had that conversation yeah absolutely i completely agree and i think it's so it's so important to set your expectations because I do think it's very, very easy to get into that scarcity, especially because you hear it all the time. Like, oh my God, guys are horrible or they're all the same. Girls are all the same. Guys are all the same. Okay. First of all, that's not true at all. I think, again, we've all had negative dating experiences. We've all probably had times in our lives where we've been super surprised by someone on a date also. Um, And I think we should talk about best first date stories or best date stories, because I think those are really fun. But I think just as human beings in general, I'm sure you can relate to this. Um, Both Jen and I have pretty optimistic mindsets, but I think it's more common that you see people who have very like pessimistic mindsets, especially when it comes to dating. And I think you, we always have to remember, first of all, there are so many freaking people in the world. There are so many people in the world. And I don't personally believe that we only have one soulmate. I think that we can connect and have soul connections or whatever you want to call it with so many different people. But I think it can be really easy to kind of get jaded either by past relationships that have hurt us or bad dating experiences, or like Jen said, going into that scarcity mindset where you kind of feel like, oh, if this doesn't work out, then I'm screwed or it's I'm never going to find someone. And I definitely had that after my last breakup. Um, I was on and off with someone for four years. And then I remember I called I called I called my friend Shannon in um, who lives in Texas. And I literally was on this phone call and I was like, I am never going to meet someone. I'm never going to meet someone again. I'm never going to have a deal. Are you telling me that? Yeah, I probably told you that too. I just was like, I'm never going to meet anyone. (laughs) I'm going to be alone forever. (laughs) And well, five months later, now I'm dating someone. But I think it can be so easy to go to that negative place. And um, thankfully, both of us have worked so much on our mindsets that like, yes, we're going to have those moments where I have five minute freak out about never meeting. But once you realize like, the potential is out there and like think about how many good experiences you've had instead of all the all the maybe not so great little ones that you have had on a bad date um but yeah I think people can get really jaded with dating yeah and I remember when I was seeing my like most recent therapist I'm not seeing her anymore but I remember I was like talking to her I'm like I feel like it's gonna be so hard for me to find someone besides this one person because they're so wonderful and like I was actively dating and going on dates and like there were guys who were super cool who I was gonna see once like once again like go on second dates with she was like did you like get along with the guys you've been on a date with recently I'm like yeah she's like so I don't know why you feel like this like scarcity mindset she's like you are literally meeting people who you're like interested in seeing again like why do you have this like scarcity mindset and I was like I don't know. So it's kind of funny how, you know, when you look at what's going on and like, you know, there's there's legit evidence that you are able to connect with so many different types of people and so many different people and there's good people out there. And, you know, if you feel like you are constantly meeting people who are not that great or don't have good mindset or you're not interested in or you're being met, like fucked over for lack of better words, like I just really encourage you to like work on your dating skills because I'm telling you guys I have read so many books recently and I feel like I have such a good mindset with dating and I feel like I can approach things in a good situation I feel like I can really read a room and like 
it really does come down to like the amount of effort you put in. And like, if you see that you are having these patterns that are just not really great, then I really recommend that you go figure out how you can change that within yourself. Because there are so many wonderful people out there that like, I'm sure one of the people you've met was probably pretty cool. And maybe, maybe you weren't a great listener. Maybe, you know, you went in there with a bad mindset and you need to figure out how to come into a date with a better mindset. You know, like there's, if there's like a common denominator in it and it's just like, you're not having a good experience, then I promise you, like there's something that you can change to have a better experience. Because honestly, I'm having so much fun with dating ever since I like just learned more how to do it efficiently. And, you know, I think that all the guys I'm meeting, even on my worst date, like I still had a good conversation with, they were still interesting people and I still learned something and I still got free food. So um, you just really need to figure out like what is important to you? How can you find that in people? How can you have realistic expectations and like how can you be your best self and hopefully meet them as their best self until you find your person I love that I love that I think being a good conversationalist is a huge part of it too because you won't really get to know someone in one or two dates if you don't know how to ask like very good leading questions and actually listen to listen um Mm -hmm. I think that's a really really important thing to kind of just understand within yourself too like if you're not putting forth that effort to have a good conversation and you're not putting forth that effort to really listen and get to know someone they're probably not going to do this you um and you have to put in kind of the work to make that happen I think for some people being a conversationalist comes easy and for others I think it can be really intimidating so I do think like reading the books and doing more work on yourself and like it sounds so cheesy but like doing the inner work it does help because you will become such a more confident person just in how you deliver and show up and I think those are really important things to pay attention to um, especially with dating but also like with friendships and any type of relationship you have yeah and I would just recommend like if you going on first dates and you don't and and you don't have the time to read a whole book like I would literally just look up like good first date questions pick like 10 that you really like remember them and like bring them on because at least you're coming into that conversation with interesting talking points to learn more about them um and another really interesting thing that i think is a fun topic to bring up about like asking questions on dates like when i'm going into a date like i said i'm just trying to go learn more about them i honestly don't really care to tell them much about myself because I already know these things like i'm coming into the stage to get to know them and see if i like them so when it comes to sharing about myself like I don't disclose information about myself unless they ask for that information. And it's really interesting to see like what questions they ask you disclose a lot about them. You know, if they're just like, what's your favorite color? Like, okay, dude, we need to get, you know, a little (laughs) bit more than that. But if they're asking you about your values, if they're asking you about what you want to do, your career, like clearly they are a little bit more interested in you or they have the emotional capacity to have a relationship more than someone who's super surface level. Um, and also like really interesting, like I have been on dates with people where like they haven't asked me a single question about me. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, like, I get it. We all love to talk about ourselves. It feels really good to have someone listen, but you know, someone who just wants to talk about themselves, like I don't really care to offer them information about me. I don't really care to continue seeing them. I'm just going to ask them questions of things that I'm interested in learning more about that has to do with them. Um, And every single time I've been on a date where that person didn't ask me any questions about me, they didn't get to know anything about me. Those are always the guys who are so interested in me. They're like, oh my God, like I enjoyed this date so much. I had so much fun talking with you. Like I really want to see you again. And I'm just like, "Uh, that is not mutual, man. You didn't ask me a single question about me. So I promise if you go into dates, just wanting to know more about them and you have questions, 
they're probably gonna like you more than if you didn't um yeah it makes it a lot more fun (laughs) absolutely no it's it's so funny you said that because I was actually talking um yesterday I had a conversation with a guy that I'm seeing about like green flags on our first date and that's exactly what I said if they ask really good leading questions on a first date that's like a huge green flag for me I'm like okay you're actually interested you want to get to know me you can tell someone's actually invested and it is kind of rare that that happens I think nowadays that people do ask a lot of really good questions but I guess it also kind of depends on the people that you're dating and I do think you can kind of vet someone a little bit before you actually meet them in person um, and go on a date but I think that's a really good um, indication that someone is actually really interested in getting to know you on a deeper level so what are your other green flags on a first date or just a date in general I guess Um, I always like to ask people about like to tell me about like who the closest people in their lives are. Um, I think someone who has a lot of friendships that are, you know, multiple years old, it shows that person has the ability to build strong relationships and maintain them. Like if they say they don't really have many friends, like that's a huge red flag. So I always like to ask about their friends. I like to hear about the way they talk about people in their lives. Do they speak really positively about them? Do they speak about them in like a very analytical sense where they like really get to know the people or are they very surface level? Um, I also pay attention to like how they treat, you know, bartenders, waiters, like how they treat staff, you know, people that can't like really get much from. Um, It's also a really big green flag to me if they're someone who is really invested in their personal growth, whether they read or whether they, you know, have gone to therapy. Um, That's a really big flag for me. Honestly, like I've noticed most of the guys I've gone on dates with recently are pretty open about the fact they've been to therapy. So I really enjoy asking them, like, what's the biggest lesson they've learned? Um, Yeah, I guess I just want to know more about that person and like kind of like their quality of the relationships that they can like maintain. Um, but I would say like, I pay a lot of attention to like red flags, honestly, like I see if, like I said, a boundary, if they're really respectful of that, um, I'd say that's like a big one is like, can they respect the boundaries I set? So sometimes I'll intentionally set a boundary just to see how they'll respond. I love that. I think that's a really good skill to have because I think a lot of, a lot of people in general, but especially people in their twenties have really have a hard time with setting boundaries in general. So then like kind of testing the waters a little bit on a first date or a date in general is kind of a really good t- uh, tip or trick to do because it is really difficult to set boundaries when you're getting to know someone overall. But especially when you're like beginning to date, I think a lot of the times we tend to maybe even walk on eggshells a little bit because we want someone to like us. But like Jen said, you get to a point in your life too, where like you're kind of over that bullshit a little bit more and you, you know, like you're taking yourself seriously, you're taking dating seriously. So you have to kind of present that to the other person as well. And I think that's a good way to do it by just setting better boundaries and um, kind of having that recognition from yourself of like how to communicate those things, especially when you're getting to know someone, because it really sets sets the tone for a relationship if you do end up going into one. Yeah. And like, you know, if you start your relationship without respecting your boundaries or without stating your needs or whatever, then like it's not going to necessarily improve, you know, yeah. so what you do early on usually sets the tone for the whole relationship. And like if you're serious about dating and like, you know, take it seriously, you know, lay the foundation for the relationship you actually want. And if someone can't honor those boundaries or isn't a reflection of the relationship you want, well, that's all the information you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your, okay, what is your top 
red flags. Well, I guess we kind of went over them. Um, But just in dating in general, I guess not just on a first date, but like dating in general, what are your, your top three red flags? Um, The way they talk about past relationships is really, really indicative of like, you know, how they feel, I think. You know, if I am seeing that, you know, if they if they talk about their exes, they're like really negative. She was toxic. She was psycho. That's a really big red flag for me. You know, like when I talk about my exes who weren't necessarily the best, like I'm still kind of able to recognize like what part I played in that. Um, you know, I don't just like be like, oh, he's such an asshole. Like, no, like there's so much more than that. Um, I would also like to kind of I'm totally just like going on a tangent. Um, no, I love it. Um, I don't know. I also, I think it's just like really just understanding the way their mind works is for me is really like what's important because if they can communicate and they can problem solve and they're empathetic and they're receptive, then it's going to be a good foundation of a relationship as long as like the rest is kind of compatible. You know, like red flags, in my opinion, and like what professionals say is red flags are indicators that someone doesn't have the emotional capacity to be in a relationship. So it's like, I'm just more so trying to figure out, like, do they respect boundaries? Can they communicate? Are they self-aware? Um, do they value relationships? Do they empathize? Um, are they able to, you know, really see what's best for people? Um, I also really am always interested in people's, like, Myers-Briggs personalities types, because I think that, like, I've studied it a little bit, so I know a lot about it. So someone, like, is really interested in psychology and can have, like, a really good conversation with me about that stuff, like, that goes a long way with me, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we all have our, I guess, our own interests that kind of spark those type of deeper conversations, which will generally make us want to get to know someone even better so obviously when you're dating someone and they don't have any similar interests that's going to be that's probably not going to work out anyways so I think it's good to kind of have that again conversational uh, conversational starters in your mind already so you know how to spark a conversation about something that you're interested in and I think you do that very well Jen because you know what your interests are you know what's important to you when you're dating someone and I think that's another good tip too is like know what the top qualities are that you're looking for in someone. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a list like, oh, he has brown hair and blue eyes and whatever. Um, But having just like the most important thing that's like, that does stand out to you. And like, if you are looking for a relationship, like what are the qualities that you are looking for? Because I think that's fair, you know? Um, I remember I had a therapist tell me to do that probably like two years ago or so um, Mm -hmm. to write like, that list of all the qualities that you're like looking for. And then you start to try to embody those qualities a little more because you definitely attract what you are. And I think for a lot of people, they're just so, so focused on, well, first it's hard not to focus on the external first. Like obviously attraction is a huge part of getting to know somebody, but I think when you start to dive a little bit deeper, like don't compromise those like top qualities that are important to you whether it is like having high emotional intelligence or someone who goes to therapy or having similar interests um just because someone's attractive or you have like a fun first date but like maybe there's like one red flag or like an orange flag you know (laughs) yeah um so there's this book called date or soulmate and it's written by the founder of i think eHarmony and it's kind of teaches you how to find qualities in a person that matter And something that I realized is like, I used to think it was really important for me to date someone who's really, really into music 
are really into like, you know, the type of music I like. And when you actually look at like what is going to make you compatible with someone on like a longevity, like I don't even know if that's really that important. You know, I care more about someone who's like thoughtful, someone who can make me laugh, so someone who can intellectually challenge me. And like it made me realize that I think a lot of us are looking for like the wrong things. Like we're kind of making like a make or break on characteristics that aren't necessarily the best when it comes to actually showing if the relationship's like gonna like last long term. Like there was a guy who I was dating who literally had everything I could ever want, but he like wasn't very funny. And I like had a conversation with one of my really good friends and I'm like, I don't know if I can date this person because they're just like not very funny. And she was like, honestly, like being funny is like, I'm funny. And like, I don't really think it matters to me if they're funny, if they care about me and they do all these things and like, they make me feel Mm -hmm. good about myself. Like, I think if I laugh because of things they say or not, it doesn't really matter. And I was like, that's super interesting. Like, I think so many people are really unclear about what qualities are important when it comes to building a good relationship with them. And it's like, if you're someone who like laughs all the time and you make other people laugh, like, it might not be as important that someone else can do that for you too. But if they can like do all the other things for you, um, you know, like whether someone likes my music or not is not indicative of like, how well they're going to treat me or the quality of our relationship. And that was kind of like a really, really amazing thing to realize is I think that people are like determining if they're compatible with someone off of things that aren't necessarily that important. And when you can really figure out what is important to you, it's a lot easier to kind of like shift through like the qualities that someone has, like what you're looking for. Um, And like what most therapists recommend is like making 10 lists of things that are super important to you and then 10 lists of things that like someone cannot have. And if someone has like, you know, like more than half the things you want, then you should continue getting to know them. If someone only has like one or two of those bad things and they're things that you really feel like, you know, you can work on or you can overlook then like, great. But if they have more than five of those bad things, like you can't continue with them. So you're really getting a clear mind of like what does work with you and what doesn't work with you. And then like actually using that as like an evaluation, you know? I love that. I think that's a really good tool for everyone to use. I mean, whether you're just, putting yourself out there now or whether you've been dating for a while and you are starting to feel a little bit more jaded kind of just use this podcast as a guide to show you that again first of all there's so many freaking people out there like you can connect with so many more people than you probably even know you can connect with you know what I mean I think we get so locked in on one person but I think this just goes to show again when you're in your 20s or even your 30s or wherever you're at in your life there's so many opportunities to meet people and I I think your expectations going into meeting someone make a big difference too. And I think having those tools to guide you, like the qualities that are important to you, the qualities that you're looking for, um, knowing what your quote unquote red flags are, are, (laughs) um, I think those are important just to know for yourself, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep putting yourself out there and like giving yourself the opportunity to get to know people because I think that's connection is literally the best and most important thing in life in my Like, if you're not meeting people and connecting with people, like, what are you doing? Even if it's not going to be the love of your life or the person you marry. Okay. Sarah, I have a question for you. Yes. Sarah is definitely the type of girl where every guy that, like, she's interested in falls in love with her. So (laughs) I want to ask this. um, What do you think is kind of your best advice for girls who are dating someone they're really into and, like, how to maintain or build a healthy relationship moving forward once they've met someone who is cool and they're excited about Yeah. Um, A couple things. I would say not getting too ahead of yourself on the first couple of dates. Um, Like I said, when I was like 
probably 1920 whenever I first became single I would like get super like ahead of myself and like picturing myself with that person you know and like just getting like way overboard and again when I started dating as I got older I think you're right like I do create really great connections with people but they do usually fall for me (laughs) I don't know how to say that out loud um but I think that not getting ahead of myself and like just taking it very very slow and kind of going off of each other's energy instead of rushing into things I think what happens is people do get scared off like I get scared off too if someone is like super full on after just meeting them or just starting to date so um going off of that person's energy but just kind of setting setting realistic expectations with yourself like like Jen said as well you don't get to know someone after a first date or a second date like you can get to know some qualities about someone but you don't really know them but I think you can get really like wrapped up in this expectation or idea that you have of someone um especially if you're especially if you're like me I'm definitely like uh what's the word I'm looking for like a hopeless romantic like I just want to be in love um and I used to let that kind of overtake me when dating but I think now I hold I hold my cards a little bit closer to my chest. And I think I've seen you do this, Jen, as well in the past, I would say the past year or so, um, kind of just hold your cards a little bit closer to your chest and not like give everything away up front and like dive all in with one person. Um, Like I said, I think it's important to get to the point where like, if you decide you want to commit to someone and like go all in, like have that conversation down the road. But like, I wouldn't jump into a relationship after a couple months again and I think that again the type of person I am I love really hard and I love really quickly but I've learned that about myself so I take it a lot slower with guys and I set that expectation with them from the jump and I think that always if I'm being honest I think that always kind of confuses guys because usually I think women especially tend to have like higher expectations in their mind for people like just put guys on a pedestal I think and I'm like, no, I, I want you to, I want you to want me. I want you to chase me a little bit. I mean, it doesn't, it's not a game, but like, I want to feel like I'm wanted. And I think that I really value kind of like, firstly, getting to know someone on a much deeper level before I actually commit to them, but also like going off of their energy and not pushing too much at the beginning. I think that definitely tends to, I hate the word like scare people off because I'm not saying to like hide your feelings or not be authentic. You should definitely be authentic. I'm super authentic with how I feel, but I just don't rush into anything or put pressure on anybody because if they, if they're not a fuck yes for me, I'm not going to be a fuck yes for them. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. You kind of, you say that all the time. Like if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. It's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. And I think I definitely, like the guy that I'm dating now, I think that's something like we both have been through serious relationships and like really challenging relationships you know um but I feel like for both of us that definitely opened up like a lot more emotional maturity and like learning a lot more about yourself and what you want and so we've been able to communicate that very effectively and it's so funny because okay there's no one in their 20s who hasn't like gone out with someone or hung out with someone or gone on a date for the first time and been like I'm not looking for anything serious right like we've all said that you know um and on the first time that we hung out or I guess like our first little date I that's what I said. I was like, oh, I'm not looking for anything serious or I'm not looking for anything. And he said the same thing. And um, again, we had a conversation like as we started to get to know each other a lot better and like dove deeper, kind of getting to a point where 
if we really are this interested in each other and it's going so well, like there is no need to rush it. And I think in the past I had so much scarcity with people that I, I wouldn't rush it, but I would feel anxious if I didn't get like that commitment right away, you know? Um, yeah. And then I've just gotten to a point in my life where I'm like, I don't need that commitment from someone so quickly because I don't even know if I really want to be with them yet in only a month or two. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. So don't put guys on a pedestal. I feel like we as women need to stop giving men all the power with dating. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know if I can say this word too much, Blue Sal, but like, you have pussy power, man. Like, you have the power. The, the vaginal power is real. Like, men don't have that. They don't. All they have is their hands. Like, they want you. Like, let them let them earn you. Let them show you that their mind is worthy of you. And, yeah. like, let them deserve you. Like, until someone has given you, like, legitimate evidence that, you know, they are worthy of you or their actions have shown that they have legitimate interest in you or they're, they're legitimately saying it and showing you, like, just listen, pay attention. Like a lot of guys will literally like say that they're like not really that interested in like a lot of girls are like, why are they interested in me? I'm like, did they say they were? They're like, no, they said they're not. I'm like, then why are you pursuing it? Because we as women want to change every man. (laughs) I know. And like, but usually like, honestly, like men are usually pretty honest. And, you know, you see these columns that are like, um, you know, why he's hot and cold and why he's this, why he's that. And it's like, dude, if he's hot and cold, it's because he's not that interested. You know, like you hear these things that like, if a guy's into you, you'll know. And if he's not, you'll be confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's and, so freaking true though. Yeah. And like, if someone who, if someone really wants you, like they will pursue you. And like, I think one of the best, the best advice I can give to women is like, let the man lead, you know, he's a man, let him lead. If he's pursuing you, if he's making time for you, like just reciprocate the energy and go with the flow um, and kind of going off of what you said about like, we're not looking for anything serious. Like if you want something serious eventually, great. But if you're going into the mindset of this needs to equate to something serious, you're going to put a lot of pressure on it and it's not going to work out. So having that mindset of like, you know, I do want something maybe a little bit more deep eventually. And like, I'm willing to get to know people until I find someone who's worthy of that. Like when you have the mindset of like, I'm open to it and I will be when I find someone who's deserving of it. You're not going to try and only meet people who are deserving of it. And it kind of alleviates all the pressure. So instead of focusing on the relationship, focus on getting to know whoever's in front of you and seeing if they are worthy of that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we were talking about with scarcity. If you go into something with scarcity, someone's going to sense it. You know, Uh, you have to go into it with knowing you're the shit. (laughs) Like you have the pussy power. You are the shit. You bring a lot to the table, too. And I think we tend to give up that power way too quickly. Um, And I don't know. I actually don't really know why that is. I mean, maybe you have some idea. I mean, I think each of us individually probably have our own things from childhood and insecurity and past relationships, of course, that go into that. But I think just in general, women tend to put um, put a lot of like, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? They tend to give men that like higher power, you know, or like let the men control the situation in a lot of ways. And I definitely did that in my like, when I was like 20, (laughs) when I first started dating. Um, But I think just understanding that you do bring so much to the table and knowing what you bring to the table and like having confidence in 
what you are able to give with someone and in a relationship is really huge um, because it, it will help you get to the mindset where you're like, Oh, I don't need to settle. And not only do I not need to settle, but I don't fucking want to settle. Yeah. I think that like the movies and like news articles that we kind of get a lot as young girls play a big role in it. You know, you see these women who are bending over backwards and like, you know, they like have these whole ass meals prepared for their mans when they get home and there's articles about how to win him over. Like, Stop trying to win him over. Let him win you over. Like, you don't have to make all the, the food and try and win his heart. Like, let him woo you. Like, that's what a man is supposed to do. So I think that this kind of, like, what we see as kind of, like, culture in our movies about, like, how to get a man has kind of altered our perception of realities when, like, honestly, like, every man who's ever been seriously interested in me has hardcore pursued me. And every man who has not been that interested in me, who I was interested in, didn't pursue me very hard and it didn't work out. Um, so like let them pursue you and like let them show you how interested they are. Let them take the lead and just like if you're interested, just go along for the ride. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we need to stop giving men all the power when it comes to dating. I I I feel the exact same way. I mean, I've it's so funny because I do feel like I've ended up with most of the people that I have seen or dated, but I also haven't put myself out there very much. And I think when I talk to girlfriends who are in the dating scene, especially now, I think the main frustration is like the volume of people, but not the quality of like conversation and connection and getting to know someone. Um, and I think Jen, you are really, really good at connecting with people. Um, I think as well, tying this back in a little bit to what we do, we're both coaches and mentors and in the fitness industry you have to be good at connecting with people um and as mentors and coaches you have to be good at connecting with people and i do think that can kind of translate into dating as well um but that connection is sometimes i feel like for me sorry i won't talk for you for me i feel like sometimes that connection is a little bit more superficial but i can like i i'll hype it up a little bit more than it should be or i'll create or I used to create expectations in my mind because we are just good at connecting with people like I can connect with men I can connect with women friends romantic you know Um, and I think I used to put so much on every single connection like every single friendship I had every single person I connected with a relationship when in fact like not a lot of those connections and relationships and friendships were actually ones that I wanted or were benefiting me I just felt like I, I needed to have as much connection or as many pos or as many potentials as possible, if that makes sense. So maybe like different ways of like, this sounds so shitty, like ranking connections in your life. And like, what do you want to be putting your energy into? What connections are actually benefiting you? I don't think that that's bad. I think that being able to be wise with your energy and actually evaluating if the connection is mutually beneficial and positive, like that's what you should be doing. You should be taking an inventory of the people in your life and where your energy is going and making sure that you're really proud of where that stuff is and that it is a reflection of the life that you want to live. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay, last question. This was such a great episode. This episode, I had like all these questions written down and this episode dove so deep into uh, dieting. Oh my God, dating. Wow. Are you fitness coach or what? I am too fitness, too fitness coach. Um, Too fit and dedicated. But I think this was amazing. And again, definitely go. Everything for Jen will be linked, obviously, but um, her podcast is Butters Day Ahead, um, but it'll all be linked in the description. Um, But the last question I really wanted to talk about was kind of like 
(laughs) just to get a little controversial social media and like fake friends or fake friendships because um I'll just say a little bit in my I mean we've both had situations in life where we've dealt with like yeah with female friendships and for me I, I just came back from Bali I was gone for a month the type of friend that I am I am not a texter I like love my female friends so fucking much, but I'm, I'm not always great at keeping up with everyone. And I think when I was in Bali, what it showed me when I came back, there was a lot of people in my life that I was like, Ooh, I don't want to put energy into this relationship or friendship anymore. And like, there's some friendships I really do value maybe more than others. Um, and I think it was really eye-opening to me. So that's why I had that question in there. So do you think you've had any situations with fake friends? And how do you think social media plays into that? Yeah, well, you know, kind of similar to the dating thing. I think that when you follow someone on social media, especially like us, like we're people who like work with social media and a lot of we connect with a lot of people who do the same. Um, it kind of gets you like a false sense that you know someone, you know, if you know a lot about their daily life, if you know a lot about their interests, what music they're into, like what podcasts they're sharing, what books they're reading, you know, what they eat, like social media can give you a sense that you know someone a lot more than you do or your connection with them. And it can play a big role, I think, in creating the idea that you guys are closer friends than you are. Um, you know, like, you know, everything about their daily life, like, you know, this, you know, that. So it's kind of interesting, but I think with social media, like there are some people who just like clout. Like I remember when I first moved to San Diego, like, um, you know, that was like peak Instagram fitness, in my opinion. And like people wanted to be my friend because I had more than 100,000 followers. And like I could kind of get that sense pretty quickly. Um, So I don't know. I think that you have to judge the quality of your friendship similarly how you would judge the quality of your relationship. How well do you know this person? Are they checking up on you? Do they actually care for you? And it doesn't mean you need to talk to someone every single day. Like me and Sarah have been best friends for like almost like what, three and a half, four years. But like me and Sarah, we don't talk all the time. There's like months where we go without talking. But like when we catch up, it's like, you know, like we're both asking each other such thought, such real questions because we really care about each other. And like, you know, like, both Sarah and I know if we texted each other, like, hey, I, I need someone, like, we would figure it out. We would be there for 100%. And, and that's so funny that. because <laughs> I say ones, this. We suck. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Dude, I say this. I say this all the time when, when it comes to my female friendships. Like, there are some friendships, like Meg, Fit Little Meg. That's, like, a great example. I fucking love her so much, and we've been such good friends for years. We will talk once every three months. And catch up on a phone call. Like, I I value those types of friendships so much because I know that, like, those people are still, like, ride or dies and in my corner. Like, if Jen's, like, I need someone or I need to talk, I would be there in a second. But that doesn't mean that we need to text every other day and be, like, do you still like me, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I just think, like, especially as you get older um, and if you do have deep female relationships especially I think it's super super important to have like to have that understanding to like you you'll know who your people are I don't know how to describe it but you just know who your people are and I think for me that's a big indicator that someone is like a true friend to me if I don't have to like check up on them every single day 
Yeah. And just, I think this is just an interesting point to make with like the rest of this podcast. Like when I was dating, I remember like dating this one guy, I remember he wouldn't text me for a couple hours or even like a day. I would get really worried. And my therapist was like, would you get worried if one of your friends didn't talk to you every single day? Or would you get worried if your friend didn't text you for a couple hours? And I was like, no. And she was like, so why are you worried about this guy? Like, he's not your boyfriend. You've, you have, you don't know him that well. Like you can't have more you can't expect more from him than your freaking friends and I think that was a really big reality check that I think is a really good piece of advice to pass on is like if you are just dating someone and you're just getting to know them you can't you shouldn't really be talking to them significantly more than the way you would talk to your friends and you also can't really expect to have like the level of connection with him that you have with your friends you've had for like years um you know like like my best best friend who I see all the time like we talk like probably every other day, but it's because we see each other a lot. Like it's like you, you don't yeah. do that, you know. Um, so don't uphold a romantic relationship to standards that you aren't maintaining in like your friendships. Like it's just they're kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. When you're especially when you start dating and like you're just getting to know someone, like you're you have to have like more realistic expectations. And I feel like we do tend to put so much pressure, especially on the other person when we first start seeing them, when in fact, like that pressure is kind of just like you saying like, oh, if this person isn't giving me X amount of attention, then they don't think I'm worthy. Like that's how I used to see it. You know, like if they're not messaging me X amount of times, they probably don't like me as much as I like them. And that's not what it is. That's never what it is. I think just having like, that is the healthy boundary, you know, being able to have those healthy boundaries and really understanding um, that again, you're, you have to set realistic expectations with dating. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Okay. Well, we, this was such a good episode. I am so happy that we ended up talking about this. Um, we'll have to do another either episode on your podcast or another episode on here, diving a little bit deeper into, I think like the social media, body image, fitness, female friendship side of things, because I think you would speak so well on all of those topics, but those could also all be separate podcast topics, which is pretty crazy. Um, (laughs) So yeah, Jen, um, if you want to plug yourself, I will be obviously linking everything in the description, but go for it. And thank you so much for coming on. I love you. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, you can find me at Jen Butters Fit, J-E-N-B-U-T-T-E-R-S Fit. Super easy. Um, I also have the Butter Days Ahead podcast. I think it's on Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Check us out. Leave us a five-star review. Leave Sarah a five-star review. <laughs> and I hope you guys just have a great day and hope you learned something that we weren't just talking your ear off mumbo jumbo. <laughs> People love that, though. It's the best. The girl talk episodes, honestly, are the most fun. And they always, like, people love girl talk episodes because I think it is so relatable, especially if you follow us on social media or, like, you've seen us around and, like, you just see these, like, two confident people posting fitness stuff or life lifestyle stuff. And then we get into the real shit. That's what Jen's podcast is actually all about, too, which is awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love you. And thank you guys so much for joining. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.